0: and welcome back to The Form Review. Today, we'll be looking at the 2021 film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks and let's talk about this movie. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to The Formal review. This is season four, episode two, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. Now, I know it's been a little bit since the last episode, and that's just because I've been dealing with a few personal things. If you know, you know. And that's also why I haven't done a This Month in History episode in a little bit, so I will be starting that up again in May. But in today's episode, I will be analyzing Disney's newest animated film, Raya and the Last Dragon, and additionally, I will be going into an update to my movie collection. So stay tuned. Now the first update to my movie question that I got was Wonder Woman 1984 which was released on HBO Max last Christmas. Now I'm not going to talk about the movie and what I think about it in this episode so you can go check out season 3 episode 43 for that. But when it comes to the presentation of this movie, HBO Max was a letdown. The movie was originally filmed with a combination of 35mm film, 65mm film and digital cameras. It was then mastered on a 4K digital intermediate. and According to director Patty Jenkins this was the first film on HBO Max to be in 4k ultra HD HDR 10 Dolby Vision and have Dolby Atmos now if this is your first time tuning in I had qualms with this claim at the time and also now if I'm not mistaken HBO Max hasn't really released any information of what internet speeds you need to get those features and if they don't say what they need it's really hard for me to believe that it's true 4k streaming 4k content takes a lot of bandwidth and then compression when you add in Dolby Atmos so without this confirmation it's really difficult to say. In the end though I was ultimately saddened by the stream even though it was technically 4k by upscale it was extremely noticeable that it wasn't actually 4k to me. There was a lot of noise in the dark scenes and it also really didn't have Dolby Atmos which was sad at the time because the score was really really good. Now with the 4k disc I noticed a huge upgrade in color and detail thanks to the enhanced HDR and Dolby Vision element that I didn't have before even the darker sequences such as the final battle with cheetah and Wonder Woman look a whole lot better and for those who compared cheetah to the movie cats she looks a whole lot better here black levels are much richer and deep and skin tones look more natural I would say the CGI is very typical for a DC movie like it or not but as a whole visually this movie looks absolutely phenomenal and then you add in the new Dolby Atmos tracks that was missing from the stream which is obviously an upgrade as well. It's not as good or as immersive as Batman vs Superman or Man of Steel but still up there when it comes to those immersive effects. One can hear how each bullet vehicle or piece of debris from an explosion flying by your ear and frankly that is a huge upgrade over the stream and that Hans Zimmer score fits extremely well into it. Now the other update I got was the remastered version of Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition long title aside basically Warner Brothers allowed Snyder to revisit and restore the Batman vs Superman to its original intended vision which had IMAX footage in the 1.43 to 1 aspect ratio similar to what he did for his Justice League film so there's a few scenes apparently in this I have not watched this yet that are going to have those black bars on the side of the movie instead of on the bottom like the rest of the movie he also apparently had been given access to the original 4k digital intermediate and the IMAX 70 millimeter elements so then he was also able to adjust the color grading and make this brand new master now I haven't watched this yet like I said but I will soon and then I'll give a review of that later on anyway now on to the movie at hand so let's sit back relax grab your drinks and let's talk about this movie Now, before I get on to this analysis, I'm gonna preface it with a slight spoiler warning. I will do my best to keep the analysis vague, but as always, I do suggest you go watch the film first before hearing what I have to say about it so you fully understand everything. Now, if you don't care about that, just keep listening. Also, I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part, so I wanna talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do wanna grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there and i want to keep this entertaining so what do you want to hear do you want to hear games do you want to hear more of the 4k stuff do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie if you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate i'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such anyway Raya and the Last Dragon is a computer animated fantasy action adventure film produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Walt Disney Animation Studios. It is the 59th film produced by the studio and it was directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada along with co-directors Paul Briggs and John Rippa. It was written by Shi Yuen and Adele Lim and the score was composed by James Newton Howard. Now the film has a predominantly Asian American cast including the voices of Kelly Marie Tran as Raya and Aqua Fina as Sisu the Dragon along with Isaac Wong, Gemma Chan, Daniel Dae Kim, Benedict Wong, Sandra Oh, Talia Tran, Lucille Song, and Alan Tudyk. The film is set in the fantasy world of Kumandra and 500 years has passed since the humans and the dragons lived harmoniously. Then the Druun came and started to turn the world to stone. The dragons tried to stop them but only did so when the last of them, Sisu, who used a magical gem to save the day. She then disappears and the kingdoms fight for the gem as they believe that it brings them prosperity. This divides the people into different tribes based on their placements on a giant river that looks like a dragon. So they name themselves Fang, Heart, Tail, Spine, and Talon. So the film starts off with Raya, who is a princess of Heart, training to be the next defender of the gem. Her father then invites the other tribes to join once again to try to be Kumandra. But what meant to be this diplomatic reunion ends up being something that causes more divide among them the gem is broken and the drune are resurrected. They then turn Raya's father and many many others into stone and then fast forward six years and Raya has become this untrusting nomad trying to find Sisu to bring back all the pieces of the gem together to save her dad and then eventually Kumandra itself. So to start off this film has a lot of similar aspects with the fellow Disney animated film Moana especially when it comes to its comedy and also its empowering journey, which are the two film's best attributes about it. Uh, The main difference is, is obviously culture and Moana being more of a musical. However, there are as well some plenty of these familiar fantasy themes along with a few Indiana Jones and Star Wars nods. I would the film also feels at times remarkably original and the animation is really amazing from how real the water looks and the artwork honestly is stunning. Each kingdom has its own individual charm, and one can recognize elements from real South Asian countries. Fang has a bunch of structures built along the water while Talon has this bustling street market vibe. And these details really add to the effect of the movie. And you can see how the region of the real world has an influence on this movie. And it even shows through how the dragons fly. And then there's some really, really amazing action sequences. And even these are very similar to Asian martial arts, where Raya's Sticks comes from the Filipino martial art Eskrima, while Namari's fighting style is based on Muay Thai boxing. This is what leads to a more intense and vicious battle than really, honestly, that I've ever expected from Disney. And Frankly, these action sequences are the best part of the movie. And there is this real intense feeling that this movie gives with, honestly, even the drone, as Sisu describes it as A plague born from human discord, they've always been here waiting for a moment of weakness to attack. Instead of bringing water and life to the world, they're like a relentless fire that consumes everything in its wake until there's nothing left except ash and stone. But there's also these farting bugs that when they fart, the tooth explodes. So it's a definitely a film that balances serious action sequences with goofy Disney more than it would distract you. And honestly, it's a really good story of courage, triumphs, and challenges, and really being a unselfish person. And that frankly is a really great message to pass on to people. And this is really supported by the amazing score. I think that the music really places you into this Asian world. Now, arguably, an Asian composer would have been able to do that better. However, Howard does do a very decent job. He is a very excellent composer. And the characters are very well done. Tran does a very good job as Raya, but I think the standout here is Aquafina. And honestly, as watching this movie, one of the things that Aquafina as a person does extremely well is that she will make you smile whether or not you're a big fan of her movies or honestly her comedy she brings this charismatic happiness to a role and that sits very well with the creature of Sisu based on who that character is what also Aquafina does well is that she brings this hilarity to life of this character as Sisu's kind of self-deprecating attitude about life and really shows how she evolves from this kind of Of meek character to a fairly confident person and she's the best character of this movie and frankly she's just adorable as this somewhat oddball water dragon when it comes to stereotypes there is this thought that Sisu is this great powerful dragon but then you learn that it's not exactly that way and I thought that that was such a really interesting way to see a dragon and the way that a dragon is normally portrayed as being this very powerful creature. And even if you look at Mulan with Mushu. I am the guardian of lost souls. I am the powerful, the pleasurable, the indestructible Mushu. You're, um... Intimidating? Inspiring? Tiny. Of course. I'm travel size for your convenience. If I was my real size, your cow here would die fright. (laughs) Down, Bessie so frankly this is almost a switch on that and that's frankly really good Tran I think has a lot to say here and honestly that makes up for her being underused in the rise of Skywalker and she is able to show both the characters lighter and darker sides though I would say that her voice sounds better as the older version than the younger version now like I said at the beginning this movie does have a majority Asian cast and I think that that was something that was obviously done purposefully in this new in age and frankly that does a really good job even though the voice actors record separately they still were able to keep this feeling of togetherness within the characters you would think they would be in the same recording booth but they weren't able to do that and I think that when you have a group of actors like this that are representative of a lot of kids across the world including myself it really does show how representation matters. Now, when it comes to Asian representation as an Asian American man, I will say that there is some iffiness when it comes to the voices of said characters. A lot of them were East Asian in comparison to the Southeast Asian of the culture that they are portraying. Now, I'm not saying that's a big deal of the film, but when it comes to accurate representation, that is a little bit of a different, but that's a nitpick, honestly, because frankly, This is a really great thing and I still love the fact that I could see a lot of representation of people that I know that when I was watching this, I could legitimately see one of my aunties in one of these characters. Rewind back and uh, you only see very minimal amount of that representation, especially with Disney animated films. And there is a little bit here and there obviously, but this film I could see multiple different people and even from the same country, but they look different and you could see all of them in this movie. And that's honestly the importance of the representation now, another important representation, obviously, here is the fact that this is one of the few films that obviously has a the main character being a very strong female character. When it comes to the Disney princess lineup, a lot of them have romantic interests. Now, this is the second Disney princess to omit any direct romance for the main character. And even though there is some sexual tension, I would say, between Raya and Namari, it's not really a romantic plot point and that's not the point of the movie even though it may or may not be there and the reason why i say pixar's brave technically doesn't have a love interest there was a plot point of her as a duty to get married where disney's Moana, it completely forego the idea of a romantic interest for the female Reed at all and similarly with this film you could have added a romantic interest but they decide to completely eliminate that and allows both Raya, Sisu, and also Namari to have really good characters and allows them to shine and give really cool character moments. Now, But the flaws of this movie are one of the thing when it comes to the representation, as I already talked about. And again, when it comes to somebody who is going to know this culture, while the writers themselves, both of which are from the Southeast Asian area of the world, but the directors of this movie are not. No matter they may be good directors, they just may not know every detail that somebody from this culture would know more than them. the story itself is written by two Southeast Asians. However, one could make the argument that this isn't a real-life situation and this film definitely can cause people to question this attempted representation because frankly you could have done some things better. However, the diversity here is still significant, especially for kids who don't really need to know the background stuff. If I was a child growing up and seeing this movie, I would see myself on the screen, even though I'm not Southeast Asian, you can find really great value in seeing movies like this even though there's not so much representation behind the screen and it really can remind you of the importance of appreciating other types of cultures and frankly this just leads for a better path for diversity and representation seen on screen because this is a step in the right direction especially coming from an animation studio that really didn't do much until the 1990s and frankly even since then it's come a long way. And Honestly, Raya in itself is beautiful, and it's celebratory, and it shows how a different culture and communities really brings hope around everyone. And that's the true message of this, is that no matter where you come in from in the world, your point of view matters, and that's how things get done. It's sitting down and honestly trying to understand the ending of it. Because the theme and the ending of the story, which again is about Trust and who do you trust, especially in this world now where everyone's being questioned? And we can't go on as a society and live without open heartedness and open ears. Because, as one can see in the movie, Raya and Namari learn that you have to be willing to have your heart broken and keep it open again and again. Hate can't be fixed with hate, so we have to win things over by love. You have to be able to understand where somebody is coming from and then as a community we can move toward that way of unity now the appreciation for this movie i think will grow on rewatch it because honestly on the first time i watched this movie i was hesitant about things i wasn't a fan of the animation of the people as much it was just a little off But as I rewatched it a few times, I was able to see what they were doing. And I was able to see certain things that I didn't see before. And that's what really made this movie really great. And I think that's where this movie will succeed is over time. The appreciation will grow for it over time. Yes, there's things in this movie that are for merchandising. Yes, that is true. However, that's true for all Disney films, frankly. You're never gonna have a Disney film that doesn't have that so if you take that aspect out of it on rewatches there's a lot to enjoy with honestly out an annoying musical song that they have to play multiple times or for kids who want to listen to the same song over and over again adults can rewatch this movie over and over again and not really get too bored by it there's some really great action sequences that can keep it rolling for adults and they just did a really good job of saying that message within the movie without really packing it on too thick. At the end of the day it is just a simple adventure film and really giving a good action movie that has tension and great bonds and a great message, the story's great, voice acting is fantastic, the direction is good, the message is great, the ending is good, and all in all, this movie is a good movie to watch. It's refreshing, it's kid friendly, and as an Asian American, it's extremely riveting. I would say this movie is worth watching again and again. Now, what did you think of the movie? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The Formal Review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at The Formal Review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign, formal minus sign review, and click support this podcast, and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next time, watch your hands, get vaccinated vaccinated and wear your mask and i'll see you at the movies thanks for tuning in to another episode of the former review cheers and we'll see you next time